Good evening, everybody. Welcome into Divots and Pivots. And yes, there was no intro. We apologize for that, but it's for good reason. More on that coming soon. So stick around because we got some housekeeping announcements to make. But first and foremost, as always, how are y'all doing? I hope everyone's staying classy out there, sophisticated as always. I'm Andrew LaDuke, aka Mr. Mallard, joined as always by the one and only Chief of Morale, Bud Copeland, over here to my, what's it tonight? My left. How are you? Feel a lot better when you get this left right thing figured out. Uh, I kid, I kid. I'm I'm excited, man. It's a good week. Uh, morale's high. It's back to being high. We yes. were at medium last week. Defcon uh, was creeping it. I can never remember which one. So Defcon five, I think we're safe. Defcon one, where it's like total war. Did you ever watch War Games? That movie from the eighties. I did. Yeah, I, I think you're Matthew Broderick, I, younger guy. I think you're right. I think the lower the number is the the more desperate. So we're we're back up to a five. All everything's safe, no meltdowns yet. Although I can hear upstairs World War Three brewing, uh, but it's it's Super Bowl week in more ways than one. I mean, the waste management's coming at us. It is the uh, the annual party. The Georgia Florida game used to be referred to as the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I think this gives it a run for its money. And uh, and it leads right into Super Bowl Sunday. And like uh, a couple weeks ago, when I was pointing out, was it the Farmers finishes on Saturday to not yep. you know, go head to head? Somebody asked why. You know, why do you think that the waste management tries to go head? They're not going head to head. They they see themselves as the world's biggest pregame show. Like you know, I mean, exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. You have one of your screens on with the golf. You have the other one on with whatever you know network. Probably Fox. Who's carrying it? CBS is carrying the game, but everybody's going to do their pregame show. Yeah, everybody's going to get their little yeah. slice of the pie. So yeah, everyone's doing morale's that. high. Which, you know, that brings me to kind of a passing uh, the thought I just had here. Uh, we I know someone who has to bring someone to or a child to a birthday party being held on Super Bowl Sunday this Sunday at like one to three in the afternoon on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, party foul is the way I view this. How do you feel about that? Because I know the game doesn't start till 630, but let's be real. People are throwing parties. They're starting earlier. Who hosts a birthday party, a children's birthday party on Super Bowl Sunday? It depends. On, I mean, there's there's a lot of answers here. You know, the the respectful thing is, of course, do it for the children, for the shorties. The uh, but at the same time, if you've got a partner that can go in your stead, uh, you know, unless they have to suffer too. If they're a big football fan, like uh, you know, my roommate is huge, huge into the Pats and you know football in general. And so, if uh, if she was going to have to with, with you know withhold or go without, then I would probably do it in solidarity. But I will say that depending on the child in your friend circle, you do got to look at that on the calendar. I mean, when when we had our right. wedding, uh, I made sure that it was on a Georgia bye week. Uh, just to make sure that, you know, there's going to be no cross wires there. So, uh, you know, it's it's tough. But I also think with in today's day and age, you can stay engaged. Stop rising now. You can stay on top of it on your phone 24-7. I mean, it, that's the beauty of this. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. And also, if you are, if this is your party, if you're out there watching, then uh, throw throw everybody a bone. Have the game on somewhere. I mean, let's well, just be a little that's the thing, the party. That's what I'm saying. The party is before the game. Like, so the party's birthday parties over before the game but it just seems like it's a day that's meant for like people are having all-day parties it's just seems like what a, is it? A, an excuse for people to not go to your child's birthday parties the way i see it like i feel like people are like oh we're already booked up sorry you know is this party after our pregame show but before kickoff yes then i have no problem go to the party come on <laughs> it's for the kids and if you don't know what bud's uh referring to there's this coming sunday 9 to 12 here on no longer the Fantasy Sports Corporation Network. We're going to get to that in just a second here. Uh, well, actually, we'll get to it now because that only makes sense. Uh, on YouTube, this is now we are now part of 
that sports podcast network. That's right. We have rebranded as a network. So all the same fine folks and, and awesome analysts that you were used to on the Fantasy Sports Corporation, but just a little rebranding uh, to more align with what we're doing as a team over here. So that sports podcast network here on YouTube. And if you're watching us on Rumble, uh, there's going to be a select handful of shows on a network on Rumble that is going to be going going by that damn sports podcast network just to give you a little bit of a separation. Those are going to be primarily gambling uh, shows and a little bit uh, more, I don't know, crazy topics. I, if you want to say, I don't know how to describe it, but that's where you can find us on Rumble. So that damn sports podcast network and that sports podcast network is the new branding that we are part of here as a team. You were referring right to you were referring to sinners there. Andrew talking about gambler, gamblers and shenanigans and hooligans and whatnot. Nah, dude, uh, I think it's fun to, uh, that, that sports, po- that sports, uh, sorry, that sports podcast network, TSPN. I think it rolls that off is, the tongue. As, that is as what we're going to roll that. off easier. <laughs> um, and somebody else is going to roll off if we don't change topics here. So five minutes in, we've covered a lot yes. of ground there. Make sure that you don't plan a birthday party on Super Bowl Sunday. Check. Uh, what else are you noticing in the news there? Because again, back to the waste management uh, yeah, this week. And, and I think there's a couple of, you and I had different approaches on this, on what's kind of the highlight or what's kind of standing out to you. Mm-hmm. And for me, I went a little meta on this and, and yeah, looking yeah. back on, cause next week we're looking ahead to the Genesis. So I guess the waste management mm-hmm. last year was an elevated event. You got the big purse inflated and everything when they rejiggered everything and they turned these into signature events, same thing, different, uh, you know, different name. They dropped that status from this tournament. And I think um, I think we're seeing why, though, because it doesn't need that. We've talked about it before. It doesn't need that yeah. like extra little moniker there. Uh, it's its own beast. You know, going back into the 80s when this thing moved to its current location, TPC Scottsdale, in the 16th hole, if you're not familiar with it, they call it the Coliseum now. Uh, it's legitimately, you know, 20,000, 25,000 people around this hole. They build a stadium around it. Uh, they kind mm-hmm. of... I would say they take Pete Dye's idea out at Sawgrass and they just put it into practice here. You know, they build a stadium around a hole uh, to kind of build that atmosphere. And if you look at it, though, Tigers tournaments next week, that's the next signature event. That's the next time that, you know, we hit, we get the fat purses and we're going to get a couple of more big headline names. There's some there's some big names that are opting out of this one. And I know where you're going to talk about that in a minute. Yep, we'll get but uh, how how this thing has ballooned is pretty much parallel and in thanks to tiger if you look back at some of the photos of this tournament and it goes back into the early 90s the mid 90s there were crowds that would build around this hole just because there's there's old shots of it and there was just so much desert there was just room to actually sit there and there's these little hills to sit on so people naturally would congregate and then it was in the late 90s where it kind of started turning into a party and then when tiger in 97 you know his first year playing this as a pro and he he dunks an ace on it and the place just goes nuts. If you've never seen the YouTube, you got to look it up. You know, it's a minute and a half long. He drains it. The place goes wild. There's beer flying everywhere in the background. And then if you look at this article that's out in Arizona Central, uh, shout out to our friends in, at the Arizona Central. Wonderful work they're doing down there in the Southwest. But they put out this article and it was like looking at the 16th hole throughout the year. I said like too many times. They're looking at the 16th hole throughout the yeah. years. And immediately the year after Tiger makes his ace, all of a sudden skybox is up on the left. And then every yep. year from then on out, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that in 1997 in general, it was this tournament, you know, it was the masters that year with tiger. It was just the tiger era had started in this next wave of 
commercialization in golf. Arnie and Jack kind of got that, that era got the thing going saying, you know, we got eyeballs on us. We can really make some money on this. And then it, you know, it plateaued and Jack was kind of fading off. And in the nineties, we were searching for that next kind of, you know, was it going to be Greg Norman? Was it going to be Nick Faldo? You know, was it going to be Freddie couples and here comes tiger and hello world. Yeah. And the whole thing changes. So this tournament every year is kind of a reminder of how far we've come and who it's thanks to. Cause the year after he makes that ace, this thing starts blowing up. And now we got 20,000 people around this hole. They say that the last time they actually gave out the attendance estimates for the tournament, they were saying they were pushing 200, 220,000 people in and out of that hole a wild. day. Can't believe I'm going to say that. Was absolutely straight wild. Uh, so it, I think that's why it's bigger than anything. And that's, that's also why this is bigger than live. And we're going to get to some of that in a minute. You know, uh, there's some guys chirping online about not giving, you know, live enough love. And we'll talk about the numbers and where they got their love and why, but uh, the waste management, it's Tiger's show next week. Tiger's going to come back and uh, unveil, I guess, the next chapter. He put out some philosophical pose staring off into the yep. distance and i don't even know what it said but um i'm just hoping this sunday red looks better than a 1986 bad jaguar commercial uh i think it will uh, even though i it's, the, that logo is growing growing on me a little bit so we'll we'll see where it ends up uh real fast i do want to shout out over on instagram uh a how 12 thank you for joining us listening in at acorn hills uh we all we all know who that is nate coming in strong looks like he's studying for an exam and listening to us so thank you for uh for helping us be part of your study routine and as always as you point out sophisticated i am over here uh but yeah let's get into it because you you mentioned a, a couple guys uh kind of passing on this tournament this week in the last minute withdrawals here in victor hovland and xander shoffley uh it is where i want to go to because i think that i've seen the the media and maybe not even maybe it's a little too uh um you know, not right to say the media because it's mostly just fans going crazy on on social media here, and all the the live lovers that now assuming that Hovland and Xander are lovers. are coming to live, uh, which I get because this is exactly what we saw out of Roms, exactly what we saw out of other guys right before they made the switch. Uh, they withdraw from the tournament, obviously, um, but I think there's more to this because I what I what I thought of when I saw Victor Hovland and Xander is that most of these guys that have defected. And I say that, I know that's strong, but most of these guys that defected to live, there's been kind of two categories they fall into is that they want the money and more freedom in life, get it, or is that they want the money and are just kind of pouncing on this this high exposure that they don't they they fear that this is going to be their peak moment, that this is the best chance to get the most money they get they can get. And I get both reasons why. I can see where Victor might fall into that second one because he's been the last year or two, he's been really peaking uh, and showing his color. So maybe he's trying to strike while the iron's hot. Uh, his statement released that he's withdrew because he was pissed off about his, his basically his performance this past week at Pebble Beach. He was, wasn't happy. He was very disappointed in himself. And he said he needed a, a break before the Genesis. I could see that. Um, Xander, look, with Xander, I don't think falls into either of these categories. Xander says he's given his rest, his wrist an extra uh, week of rest before the Genesis. Same thing. Um, I honestly think both of these are true. I don't think either one of these guys are going to live. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I think these are legitimate uh, reasons they're withdrawing. I just think once again, we're just seeing the masses absolutely loving to drum up this idea that these guys are leaving the PJ tour for live. And they, they're just, they're eating it up still. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
they're not going anywhere. Like these guys want to win at Riviera next week at Tiger's place. That's becoming one of those yeah. tournaments. Again, the way that people, I mean, Tiger views the Memorial and these guys still view Jack and the Memorial, but it's, it's kind of Riviera itself is one of those courses that they want to win on. TPC Scottsdale is part of a TPC, you know, network. And it, you know, it is, it is nostalgic and it's a big deal and kind of fun. But um, yeah, if these guys are struggling, there's no incentive for them to come here. And I guess that's, one of the dangers of, or what they're trying to kind of test out and balance out is find out, you know, what, what, what of these non elevated events have the juice to stick around uh, because you, you know, you kept on mentioning live and no, I don't think these guys are going to live. And if they did, I would understand John Rom even finally came out and somebody, somebody put it to him and was like, Hey, you said, you know, $400 million is not going to change your life, but you know, then all of a sudden they put a bunch of money in front of your face and it looked like things changed. And John was like, yeah, he goes, it, he goes, it gets a little different when they actually put a bunch of money in front of your face. Yeah. Well, when it and becomes then, real. Yeah. He's like, and then you have to start thinking about the responsibility to your families and everybody gets that part. And that's why I think yeah. I, 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 I go to what Joaquin Neiman said after he won, first of all, Pebble beach getting rained out Wyndham Clark with kind of a walk off 60, almost 59, three times over, you know, yeah. Ludwig Ober, uh, it's Ober now, uh, Ober, I don't know, but Ludwig, never, look, anytime, every, anytime we settle on one, that's going to change. They keep changing. It. It's fine. Ludwig, <laughs> uh, Ludwig von Ober. He, uh, he's going to break through and I think he probably would have cleaned up on Sunday cause he had that trajectory going, but the rain just washed him out. And that did free, a lot of people up to watch live. I mean, I guess they had their biggest television audience, 400 and something thousand, but somebody Wonder also why. pointed out, well, somebody <laughs> also pointed out that the pickleball championships had half a million. So, um, but they had, they, I know shots fired. And on Saturday, it wasn't even close. There was still 1.3 million. It wasn't. There was still one, you know, one, but, go ahead. But, but 1.3 million people watched the replay on Sunday. So there was, you know, yeah. 400,000 watching live live. And then there's, a, you know, 1.3 watching the replay. And I think it's just kind of, those are the people like who were doing their laundry they had in the background. Um, but I think that brings, but, still brings up a good point about just, just quickly on Saturday, your yeah. point about that, about no one watching on Saturday. It just shows that even watching, you know, not one of the stars. And yes, I know Wyndham Clark is a U.S. Open champion. Like he's one of the major winners. Yeah, uh, but uh, I think to a lot of people, that's not a, an avid golf fan. You say Wyndham Clark and he's not the name that brings people into golf necessarily right now. No, still financial more people, advisor. Yeah. Still more people wanted to watch him almost shoot sub 60 and still and break the course record. Like, I mean, what? That still shows the PGA has a lot of juice. Yes, they might not have Rom right now, DeChambeau, DJ, yeah. like whatever, but there's still juice on the tour. Juice, lots of juice flowing <laughs> through the tour. It, it well, they're not they're not just necessarily tuning in for the names of the players. They're tuning in also to see Pebble Beach. I mean, it's the exactly. it's the historic Lynx golf course in America, especially on the West Coast, and the guy online trying to chirp me about my morning, uh, my morning, you know, my morning brew there that this buds for you on Instagram at this buds for you. F O R E. I don't want to get sued. Um, and he pointed out that I mentioned Wyndham Clark, you know, almost shooting 59 while Joaquin Neiman, you know, shot 59 at Mayakoba. And oh, I thought to myself, so well, sick of those arguments. Well, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, listen, everybody has their own preferences, but, but, but I'm not a big fan of the whole, you didn't mention it. Therefore you don't think it's a good thing. No, I don't think, I don't think it's as exciting as 60 and a course record at Pebble beach. I just don't. Yeah, and I don't agree. think that a lot of other people think it's a bigger deal as well. 
Now, what I do think was a big deal is that Joaquin Neiman and Liv Golf did put on a pretty cool show on, uh, you sure. know, on on Sunday with uh, their for their four hole playoff. Great storylines there with Joaquin going up against his childhood hero. You know, it's pitch black dark; they can't see shit, and they are like, "Let's run it back one more time." They even gave him the option, like, "You guys want to do it again?" They're like, and they didn't even hesitate. Let's go. Of course, and yeah. So, they're, they're still gamers, and, you know. So it was fun. And then when he gets off, the first words out of his mouth is, "You know, you just beat your childhood hero. How do you feel?" Yeah. Yeah, I'm still not in the majors. And I thought to myself, yeah, well, yeah, we, well, I mean, and then <laughs> pause, pause. He is in the open championship because he won the Australian open last fall. Yes. as part of the PGA Australasia tour. He's not in the U S open and he's not in the masters. Those are the two he's not. in. Well, the bigger point he was making is I just went through this grueling battle against one of the best golfers on the planet. And the official world golf ranking is not getting many points. Cause that's how these guys get in the majors. It's, you know, being in sure. the top 50 or he being actually in the top dropped 30. Like 10 or 15 spots. I believe after one, yeah, I, I, I guess. I guess Bryson DeChambeau is technically ranked 168th or 200 or something like that. Yeah. And it's stuff like that's laughable because we know that he's not the 200th best golfer on the planet. Correct. That, that said, he volunteered. We also, the people who follow it know that he voluntarily left. He took the bag. He wanted to go have some fun, some experiment, some wanderlust. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're going to still play in the majors. So I, I was a little kind of, Enjoy the moment, you know. You're trying to point yeah. out, trying to still make, but because well, but then again, that's his job, right? Try to put up a fight for the live tour and show that they're legitimate. Sure. But you're not legitimate. Your field was very small. It's hand selected. It doesn't vary that that much from week to week. You know, it's controlled. You got a handful of really good golfers, but sheer sheer law of large numbers suggests that these PGA Tour fields. You know, people always want to look at just the top ten or twelve guys. We got five five major winners over here. We've got you know three of the last four. You know world number ones blah 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 i don't care this week you know mm-hmm. this week at, at the waste management we got 130 some odd guys who are all elite professionals yeah. elites tough pause pause that was well, a hyperbole maybe not all they of them, are, yeah. they're pga tour professionals which means that they've got the game to win it just has to you know the stars have to line up so live has to just stay in your lane you're a flashy exhibition you're fun to watch it's entertaining mm-hmm. i do think they need to figure out dan rapaport over on on barstool foreplay i swear he watches me in the morning because our wavelengths are <laughs> up. uh but but he said the same thing i did where when you're watching on tv you really notice the music when we were there I think that there's this weird kind of presence where it does encompass you. And like the players say, you just kind of get the pulse, let you, let you kind of feel the moment when you're watching it on TV, you're used to this silence and it's just, it feels really, really weird and out of place. And so that's the only thing I think they got to figure out is how they can make the television kind of experience a little more enjoyable because it's still confusing. And honestly, if it wasn't for the rain out at Pebble beach, I wouldn't have watched. Yeah, and I and I saw you on your more your your morning clip there of the when you said that you mentioned the silence that we're all used to and and that is something that I think that you reminded me of and I feel like I've overlooked but that is part of what I do enjoy watching about golf on TV which people find me crazy because I like watching golf on TV, um, but when they when you are sitting there anticipating a guy that you're cheering for to hit this shot and there and you hear the crowd go silent and the rate and, and the, the broadcasters don't say anything and they're silent and you're just literally watching him approach the ball do his little waggles and then swing like this there's, there's you you start to feel that intensity and that anticipation and there's something enjoyable about that that you're right i and i kind of do want to tune into the next tournament i live to see for myself like the the music interaction from a, a broadcast standpoint because i'm curious now after you said that 
Well, I mean, they're 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 lined up again this week in Las Vegas, which I think was a smart move on their part uh, yeah. to try to because I mean, that 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 the Vegas Super Bowl is it's very already much, a big party. Well, and it's very much their brand, you know, big, splashy. It's a Super Bowl party. I don't, you know, I I don't. Again, the waste management is about as close to the party culture and atmosphere as the PGA Tour kind of wants to get. Because if you've been to any yeah. of these other tournaments, it's not exactly a snooze fest. The Players Championship is always a massive. I mean, it is kind of a party. I would say honestly, if this is the frat house, that's the yacht club. That's kind of the difference, or the beach club, yeah. if you want to call it that. That's the difference between the players and the waste management. Uh, so, the, but the live going to Las Vegas Country Club this week and. They're going to do, they're going to finish up on Saturday. They're not going to try to go head to head with the Super Bowl, which yep. interesting because also they wouldn't just be going head to head with the Super Bowl. But I still just don't care. I think it's more interesting that uh, Caleb Surratt, you know, the 19 year old who's on Legion 13, this team thing's freaking stupid yep. as well. They need to just ditch. It. They need to ditch the team thing, I think, on this week-to-week -week basis and make it a season-long points race. That's that's about as much shit as I can give. Make it a yeah, make, they, make it a make it a bonus pot at the end, because week in and week out, they're just forcing this thing. And uh, I, I don't know. We'll yeah. see if we give a if we give a shit next year when TGL comes back. If we care about indoor leagues, and I think we will a little bit more because of a the brand and b there's a you know it's a gimmick. They're playing indoors like it's already something. Well, different. yeah, it's so clear. <laughs> they're trying to almost invent another form of, or another team game within golf, which we got plenty. Yeah. So um, the music was out of place. And, uh, but, the, but like you mentioned being you know the music this week or tuning in this week to see what the vibe is like, I couldn't see who was performing. I was actually trying to look that up to see who was performing. Cause like when we were, yeah. when we were, when we were at live Bolton, it was like Diplo or something like that. It, Some it DJ, was, DJ name yeah. that made me feel very old for not knowing who the hell this person was. Uh, but post yeah. Malone, was uh your favorite and mine post malone was uh was did the opener for the waste management they set up a stage in the 16th mm, hole perfect it was it was crazy and so they there you know the thing that we haven't really brought up in this whole kind of back and forth with live and the pga tour is now the new the new pga tour enterprises the new money that's in mm. the room and and, you know, even in this kind of announcement, they said Jay Moynihan's going to be the chair. Well, in the original handshake agreement or whatever, Yasser was going to be the chair, but the PGA yeah. Tour was going to remain like majority holders. There's these little like details that are not lining up. And I guess publicly they're saying, yeah, we're still on track. We're still working out our our, our other one point five billion. But I also wonder if I also wonder <laughs> if. uh Sorry, the the gang uh, a how that you gave a shout out to is uh, from my golf group, my golf buddies, and they're uh, they're throwing they're throwing some text messages out out there that are throwing me off. But uh, <laughs> thanks, for listening. thank you for your service, boys. Uh, fuck, they threw me off, Jim. Thanks, I appreciate that, Captain. Talking about live, talking about live in Las Vegas. Uh, yes. Well, no, you were talking about you were talking about the new the the details of the new merger and how you Thank know you. the the chair this, and whatnot because it does you're right it does feel like the, if the this deal falls changed. apart then and so when you mentioned that Xander and Victor is are they actually going to live or something like that my first thought was a no but b if yeah. they are maybe this is another sign because they're talking about you know Rory's out there saying you know at first it's easy for Rory to say these things and I think he's got to step back a couple of steps and remember that he's not he's not a real like he's not real he, he lives a completely different yeah. life than the rest of us in the universe because he's like yeah sure they made a decision but if they want to come on back these live guys they should be able to come back and play on the tour no problem 
well, now it's coming out. Justin and Jordan Spieth and some of the guys yeah. are like not in Ricky, like not no problem. Like there, there needs you made decisions. There needs to be some consequences. We can't just yeah. have you waltz on back. There's there's some pissed off people. So we got to iron that out. So that can be going one of two ways. Either there is an agreement coming, and so they're trying to test the waters, um, mm-hmm. or they know that there's no agreement coming. So it's fine. Like we like this is falling apart. I can just be real about it. Just you know, Roy can take the high road and say, sure, you want to come back, come back because it's not going to happen. And if that's the case, then you might see another run on talent with guys like Xander and, uh, and, and Victor Tony Finau pulled out this week. He's a fan favorite at the waste management. I know and he's he not, is. you know, he's not there this week. And so it's, it, it's something in the water. I, I genuinely think like you, they might just be resting up after a cold, wet week at pebble and just say like, let's get ready for a tigers tournament. Um, mm-hmm. But it would be concerning if any of these guys do jump, because if this deal falls through, which it could, maybe the PGA Tour Enterprises mm-hmm. can move forward with the 1.5 billion they already have, and they don't need to necess- they don't necessarily need this next partnership. Uh, and if that's the case, then I mean, hopefully everybody has good lawyers because I think that's going to you know go back in the direction. Or they could say, yeah. let's not sue each other and let's just go put our products out there and let the chips fall where they may. I mean, that could be it too. The PGA Tour is finally in a what? position to say that. Yeah, which I'm all for. Like, bring it on, I guess. Like, let's. Hey, like we said, if anything, we just get more golf. Which, if depending on how the product shakes out for a living, that scenario, like we just get more golf, and I'm not going to complain about more golf. It's just like you know, you know, my girlfriend was just saying uh, this past weekend. She's like, I don't know, I'm not, don't know what I'm going to do after the Super Bowl because she also really loves football. And she's like, it's going to be this lull where I, I'm not, I, I'll miss football. I said, ah, oh, don't sweat it. The UFL starting up, the new spring league, you know, the, the the United League and the XFL merge that they had in the UFL. I was joking, but she was like, oh, yeah. She was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll check that out. I said, there you go. Because I'm trying to turn around to golf, get her excited. Like, oh, well, golf is still going on. We're going to have the Masters and all this. And she's like, eh. <laughs> so I had to get throw so the UFL instead. <laughs> I kind of respect I told- her more. I, I respect her more for getting excited for the UFL and not the Masters because it's hard. Yeah. If golf, if golf's not your bag, then it's then you either just absolutely have no room for it in your life, or it's nap radio, which I even respect the nap yeah. radio crowd because I'm one of them myself. Oh, uh, wait a minute, what did you say? UF, USFL, and the XFL merged. Yeah, it's it's just called the UFL now, I believe. If I had that correctly, let me make sure I have the. Was one of these run by the Rock? Did I see that somewhere? Yeah, so the there? Rock had taken over the XFL, and I believe he's still involved with the UFL. Or is it the USFL, actually? I, I don't know, man. You're the football guy. I know. I think I, I might have got the name wrong here. It's No, it's the UFL. It's the UFL. Yeah. UFL releases official schedule for the 2024 season one day ago. Could you yep. imagine? Could you and imagine? It, if the if like if the Saudis try, and by the way the Saudis as if it's as if it's a ragtag army on the desert if the PIF <laughs> the Saudi Public Investment Fund if they decide to try to go after something like the the, the NFL what 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 that would take because this what they're doing with Live is interesting to you and I because we're golf people and it's probably interesting sure. to some business business folks out there on a macro level uh, and you know then there's obviously the socio political aspect of it all. But they're also trying to do this in soccer. And I'm not a big soccer guy, but we're going to give this show, you know, maybe 45, 60 good soccer seconds here. 
And, uh, and I heard, and I heard it on a show that I listened to. And I also saw, saw a couple of headlines, didn't click on them. I'm going to be honest. This is one of those things where I wrote an article, didn't read, didn't read the article, saw the headlines <laughs> that, that some of this high priced talent that they've brought in is, is unhappy. Shocker. I'm sure there's some live guys that are unhappy with the way life is. And then they check their bank account and they forget all about it. But yeah. some of these soccer players are deciding to go back and, not in you know we poke fun at live for having sparse crowds but i mean even at, even at live bolton it wasn't like i mean it wasn't like overwhelmingly huge it kind of felt like maybe a minor league baseball game crowd like that kind of size yeah, feel i would agree uh, yep. there's like nobody at these saudi league soccer matches apparently there's like 200 mm-hmm. people in a crowd and you total up and you've got like you know a billion dollars worth of salary on the field and i just got i gotta know maybe there's a smart business person out there who knows the details like realistically how long can entities like live or even the saudi football league if they're not generating a, generating a profit how long can they just keep burning money because i know because I mean, we we do talk about this as if Liv's not going anywhere because they got deep pockets. They do have deep pockets, but I mean, even math, even rich math is still math. Their investment, yeah. <laughs> like, These people get rich by not making money. So how are we going to figure this out? So I I don't know. I I'll be curious to see what kind of attention we pay to live. Um, yeah. Started to talk about Caleb Surratt though, the 19-year-old on Legion 13. He uh yeah. he's 19 and he just left University of Tennessee and decided to go to live and he, he got picked up by John Rahm's team. And apparently he couldn't check into his hotel room in Vegas because he's 19. He's, he's 19. <laughs> you have to be 21 to check into your hotel. That's kind of a fun storyline. Oh, I wanted to yeah, I kind of love that. I want to know if he if he's if he's bunking up with Tyrrell. And if he's the big spoon or the little spoon, I think he'd be a little spoon just out of principle. But he's yeah, kind of, you know, he's got the he's got the elder elderly gravitas. Um, but in the end, it's he's fine. Also just Tyrell. I, I haven't Tyrell. I do miss. If you him. have a name like if you have a name like Tyrell and, and you you command the presence that he commands, uh, you're, you're doing something right. So he's there's no doubt he's the big spoon. It, you know how Harold Varner the third, who we, we really blew past his DUI, but Harold Varner the third, uh, when we when did. we went out to live, he was like, "This is what I like. I can sit out here and talk shit. I can talk shit to these guys, you know, yeah. and all that kind of stuff." And that's what I do think that for a brand, if I'm Tyrrell Hatton, maybe Tyrrell Hatton's kind of like a Kevin Kisner, where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to be super competitive, you know, at this level. Maybe I, not peaked, but maybe I've plateaued and I need to cash in while I can because. You know, fifty million dollars. Boom. Thanks. You know, next, please. Yeah. How many? How, how many years do I have to work less and get paid more, and then I can just walk away if I want to? And these guys aren't going to walk away. I do think that these bridges are going to heal, or whatever. These wounds are going to yeah. heal. These bridges are going to be made because even on the DP World Tour, live golfers are welcome. They're welcome to play in any events that yeah. they are qualified for. So there's a, you know, and I think you're all this, all this stuff with the PGA Tour, and do they, do they deserve just to come right back, or should there be punishment? That's what they're doing. And we've seen it before. They're yeah. softening the ground so that when it finally comes back and it says starting in 2025 or 2026, live golfers who have done X, Y, or Z may reapply for their memberships. If it's, we're just a bunch of suckers. I don't, I don't care. Cool. I just want to see Augusta and I want to see the 16th at the waste management, yes, the 17th on. at TPC. And I could not care less. The last thing I'll say before you take us to our break with underdog is <laughs> where these where these sports entities are missing the mark completely is this wave of sports fan our socks don't go up and down based on how much you're making anymore that yep. we we have instant access and accessibility to your life and knowledge and information and i think you know 30 40 50 years ago it was super interesting and it was almost aspirational to think that there were dreams and you well now it's 
it's bloated. I mean, it's, yep. it, you know, even, even the guys on the tour are saying, this is a lot of freaking money. And for what, like, what are we actually getting for it? So, uh, I, I think the, the storylines have got to be less around the, the money and start focusing back on literally the storylines and, you know, why these places are yeah. important. And if live sticks around long enough to have, you know, it's fifth annual Jetta open or whatever that, you know, whatever's a regular stop then good for them. <laughs> and then they can start feeling what tradition, what tradition feels like, but until then suck it up, cash your checks and everybody go about your business. That's how I feel. And what's up El Capitan. What's saying? What's up boys in the chat. Always good to, to have a uh, big brother watching. Uh, we will take a quick break here, here from underdog. When we come back, we're going to get into all the fantasy and the details of TPC Scottsdale. Fantasy sports corp and underdog fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with best ball. What is best ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever. And it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent Good girl. Thank you, Gingerbread, as always. So let's get into the specifics of TPC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, we got ourselves 7,261-yard, par 71. And I'm going to ask you a question, and I know you are one of the very few people in the world that can answer this question because I personally thought we were playing on Bermuda grass this weekend. Uh, what is Tiff Dwarf grass? Can you answer that? Tiff, oddly enough, yes. Tiff Dwarf grass. <laughs> Great. Tiff, 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 tiff dwarf grass is a Bermuda hybrid. That's all it is. It's, okay. it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a, um, a designer dog nowadays. They've got these, you know, wonder poodle moodle doodles that are crossbred 50 million times inhumane, if you ask me, but, uh, it's not for this because it's beautiful playing surface. And then these, in anyway, it provides a beautiful playing surface and these guys can just pick the ball right off the fairway and these greens, when they get hot, they get fast and they get, you know, they get slick. So Tiff Dwarf was actually invented or discovered or hybrided uh, back in 1962. Shout out University of Georgia, the Tifton campus. Tifton, Georgia is in the southern part of the state, about go. two hours north of Tallinnasty, where I grew up. Back to you in the studio. That's a hell of a story because I had no clue. I, I saw I, it for the I, first time about two minutes before I... I... He brought that Tiff, up. <laughs> and that's where the Tiff comes from, because it was Tiff in Georgia. Uh, I, that's actually sense. funny that you asked that, because I was reading, I was reading up on my Tiff dwarf grass uh, earlier today. But yeah, no, it's uh, seventy-two hundred yards, par seventy-one, Tiff dwarf grass, and uh, this is a typical—I'm not gonna say typical, but a pretty typical TPC layout, and sure. that it's a ball strikers course. Uh, if you look at the history of the, the winners here and the way that any other smart fantasy, you know, fantasy blogger, you know, sports person talks about this place. So I'm just going to copycat them because they're smart and they're right. Um, it takes well-rounded players. You're not going to, you know, it's not just a bomber. It really does take a well-rounded game. And I know that sounds cliche, but some of these courses you can get away with, you know, being inadequate off the tee. You said it was a good size 
or, you know, maybe having some errant, some errant approach shots because it's not that heavy or ground the green, but you got it. You got to be able to scramble here, you know, around the green is going to be important you can get in some trouble late, especially down the stretch. You get an accessible par five that brings water into play. We got water into play on 17. So yeah. uh, th this course is going to take a complete game. And I, I think, I think it's a little hyperbolic. That's two hyperbolic references in one show. Okay. Not so, not necessarily yeah. a record. <laughs> but I read a couple of folks make a comparison to Augusta National or even TPC Sawgrass as East Coast courses because of, mm -hmm. you know, what's the typical player? Typical player is somebody who's a ball striker who also does not make a lot of mistakes and can gain strokes T to green. You don't necessarily need to put lights out, which is why I still got Scotty in my emergency nine little peak there. Uh, but you do have to absolutely be hitting the ball well, as evidenced mm -hmm. by former victors of this course. I will say the the comp courses that came out in the in the model was uh, mainly Quail Hollow and the Copperhead course over at Innisbrook uh, when I was over on FantasyNational.com doing my research. Uh, but one one kind of off the cuff question here that I think is interesting about just because I was looking at the pictures of this week uh, as they're getting ready uh, for you know, the waste management open. And I was actually noticing on uh, Ben Griffin's TikTok, watching him out there, shoot some shots and do his social media thing that he loves to get into is this. It struck me that just the amount of multi-level grandstands that are not just obviously the stadium hole at 16, but also the 17th and the 18th. Is this the tournament that has the most grandstands at this point? Like, do you think there's a tournament that has more? Because it just seems like the, the grandstands are not just plentiful, but they're also massive. They're multi-tiered in a lot of cases, too. Well, they are in the middle of a freaking desert. So what are you <laughs> going to do? Build, baby, build. Uh, yeah, it probably is the leader in the clubhouse, pun intended for most. Uh, that's a great question. We should we should probably find the answer to that. But uh, I we'll just pose thought it of that if after anybody, we went live. If anybody knows it, yeah, no, what tournament has the most, I would say, kind of like infrastructure work yeah. to do I, I if i would say sawgrass the players is is kind of a close second because sure that course was the original stadium course and so the hills that are all, mm -hmm. all in between the holes they literally just build right on top of that so every inch of grass is covered now by some sort of executive suite or the yeah. amex club or some beer garden i mean it's all and they're gonna have to keep doing this because even though they got this injection of capital from, you know, the Fenway group. And I guess like, did you see some of the part owners uh, or part investors in that, in, in this too? Like LeBron James, I guess has a slice now, uh, you know, cause oh, he's, yeah. he's part owner of a couple of, he's part of, he's in the, the part of the, the Fen Red Sox. The Fenway, the, Fenway group group. Is, the Fenway group is massive. And some of the people in there would surprise you. And I know they just actually brought in, uh, Theo Epstein is, is back involved, which, which everyone thought, oh, he's back involved with the Red Sox. No, he's, he's no, involved. Fenway group. Which means he, he's he's moving on to the business portion of his career at this point. Where technically he always was on the business, but he was very much focused on baseball. I doubt he's going to have much impact on baseball. But we're not here to talk about baseball. We're here to talk about golf. Um, and let's get into our key three. Or at this point, it's really four or five stats, but whatever. We're still calling it our key three stats because I'm pretty sure we're going to be, from the looks of things, uh, right on par with each other here for what no, we're going. No, you didn't. You mentioned ball striking, so I, I got ball striking in there. Uh, I got around the green, I got putting, and I got tee to green because, like you said, this is you got to get yourself in position safely so that you don't have to scramble, and then you got to be able to, to stick it where you are, uh, where you can <laughs> stick it where you can. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but what are your? Because, like you said, it looks like we're pretty similar. What What are your stats, and what's differing on yours? 
the spelling of around the green and scrambling. I meant around the green when I said strokes, <laughs> strokes gained, uh, uh, scrambling, oh, uh, the, the, exa- the exact same one. Like I said, a, a well-rounded approach to the whole thing. And then if you do get in trouble, can you get up and down and yeah. not lose strokes? I mean, you could, you can get fancy with it and say bogey avoidance if you want, because while yeah. this isn't exactly an overwhelmingly, you know, difficult course, these scores will get into the teens, if not touch 20 under, uh, to win, you know, in some years, but, uh, I mean, it's, there's no secrets to it. Whoever's in good form, most of these recent winners have been mm-hmm. in the top 10 the previous week, if not the previous two weeks. And if you look at the guys, Ricky Fowler, Scotty Scheffler, uh, I think Rombo's in there as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, you got studs who win at this course. And so I expect another one to rise. Wait, to did the you top. say Rombo's in there? I think Rombo hasn't, has John Rom won the, the waste management? Oh yeah, but I thought you were saying if he was in the that he was in the field this week. I was like, we just talked a bunch about John Rom being on live. <laughs> no, I was talking about just past champions. Just past. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler, Brooksy, Webb Simpson, Ricky yeah. Fowler, Gary well, Scott Woodland. Scotty's is going for uh, the John three Rom, isn't he? John Rom has not won here. That's what I was. That's what I was saying. Okay. Yeah, Scotty is going for a three P. Going for the three P. Uh, Brooksy's won it three times. Hideki's back to back in the in the teens, and he's uh, he, he's on the way back. He's looking okay. So. Uh, I bet we will have some. See, here's the thing. Just because our models are going to be similar, though, I mean, I don't go just by the model. There's a couple of picks that I'm not going like, I'm not going to say rogue. I think one of them I went way outside and then the rest are in the top 20. But it's interesting to see how we read the tea leaves, especially since you know nothing about golf. Well, it's very interesting because even though we have identical key stats, uh, we only have two crossovers amongst our emergency nine that is coming up right now. And it is shocking when you put it that way that our, our stat our key stats are the same, but we're obviously looking and factoring in other things other than just the raw numbers because we do only have two two of the same guys in our in our emergency nines. Uh, so I mean, I'll I'll kick us off with my number nine uh, through seven here. Uh, Billy Horschel for me at number nine. Eric Cole at number eight because once I once again. I'm going to keep putting him in there until he fails me. And he's yet to fail me. He hasn't won. He hasn't, he's kind of getting closer to the bottom of my emergency nine because he's not exactly finishing like top tier, but he's close enough to where he, I think he still deserves that respect. And then JT Poston, who I think as well is just someone who's been playing well right now. He's a T20 this past week at Pebble Beach. I uh, took the farmers off, but finished T11 at the American Express, sixth at the Sony, and fifth at the Century. So that's good. And I believe Poston's, um, he was cut here last year, but before that, he had a four-year run of uh, top 37s, including a T11 in 2021. So Poston is someone who I think, given his current form right now, uh, could surprise this week. I don't disagree with that. JT Poston pops up every once in a while, and I think he's going to break through. He might be uh, he might be the next kind of middle-tier guy who gets into that top 20 feel if he's not there already. Nine, eight, seven. And like I said, on one of my picks, I went a little deep and Kevin, you come on down. Now, if you don't know that name, you're not the only one. He has an illustrious junior career and background and he was a stud in college, Uh, but he's new to the PGA tour, but he's coming off of a couple of, uh, well, he's coming off of, I think he was 50th last week or whatever, but a couple of top tens before that. And the, the scuttlebutt on the message boards in the blogospheres is that this guy is going to be one of those kids to keep an eye on kind of like Tom Kim was a few years ago so kevin you at nine Wyndham clark at eight form 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 he 
shot mm-hmm. 60 and there's no reason to think that he's not going to play well. And yeah. then at so we got uh woo, woo, and three, two, one. Breathe, sir. Breathe. <laughs> Nine, we got Kevin Yu. Eight, we got Wyndham Clark. And then seven, Akshay Batia. Uh, he, he's shown signs of life. I'm just going to keep, he's my Eric Cole. Let's put it sure. that way. So Kevin, you, Wyndham Clark, Akshay. I like that. And, and yeah, I, I totally agree with Wyndham Clark. I was trying to explain to, to people at the bar, like just how, uh, one, how significant it would have been to, if he did shoot sub 60, which he was about a quarter inch away from uh, doing that on 17, that putt. Uh, I don't know how it stopped uh, right there, but he he could have easily done it. Um, but even so, sure, he didn't shoot sub sixty. He still set the course record at Pebble Beach by two, two strokes. Yeah. Like that's not that's not anything to to disregard. Is you know insignificant here. So uh, I do love the Wyndham Clark play here uh, on current form. Obviously, uh, my number six is going to be Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to win the third the three peat here, but it's definitely in play. It's uh, but he still should. I, I don't see how he's not a top 10 finisher uh, this week. So I like Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick is well coming in. Uh, he, he's tended to perform well at this course. Um, I've had him. Oops, if I can spell his name right. T29 last year, T10 before that. So it is two appearances here. He's, he's had good showings. And then a guy who just tends to show up at certain courses. And when you think ball striking courses, the first thing that always comes to mind to me is Sung J.M. And so I think Sung Jae-in will be in play this week. There's always a handful of tournaments every year that he's uh, very much in play on the leaderboard. And this is going to be one of those, I think, where uh, he can show up and he can ball out a little bit. So to recap, Scotty Scheffler, number six, Matt Fitzpatrick, number five, and Sung Jae-in, my number four. I like that you said ball out. I I really do enjoy (laughs) that you said ball out. Uh, So wait, nine... (laughs) <laughs> so six five four at no, coming in at number six on Boudreaux's emergency nine Ben on Benny on he's coming off a of 31st yes. at Pebble Beach but he's got a couple of top tens before that at the early part of the year so when you see Ben on jump on see what I did there uh <laughs> Five is Minwoo Lee coming off fresh from that Lululemon endorsement deal. And I also think that uh, Minwoo is still on his way up. I think he's, he kind of plateaus yeah. here and there, but he, you know, he scratches the top of the leaderboard last fall. He wins overseas. Uh, it's just a matter of time before he breaks through and starts winning consistently on tour. Speaking of a guy who did that recently, Max Homa, again, the California kid. Uh, I know we're not in California per se, but still that West Coast venue. Uh, I think he played golf out. He played golf at Cal Berkeley, which means he's he's gotten his reps down there. And the waste management yeah. feels like the kind of tournament that he's going to win. He is the uh, I'm not going to say the broish to have fun though. He's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think that he's the best option of those kind of like party golfers, so to speak, if sure. that's even a label that they would take. Let's just say he he fits in well on a yacht with Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, like when, when they used to do those those little cruises, uh, parties. Uh, he would fit in well there. If they, the if spring they still, break still boys. They all have, and they all have kids now. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Min Woo Lee as well. He's riding this wave of confidence and swagger. The way he walks around. I mean, you, to rock that mustache so proudly as he does, like you got to have some confidence and swagger about yourself. So that is the type of that you know. I guess perspective that carries over to the golf course. So I don't mind Minwuli. I wouldn't mind seeing him have some sex uh, <laughs> success here as well. <laughs> you know, and that you know what I think Minwuli would be embraced by the fans this weekend as well. If he if he's hits Saturday Sunday and he's like kind of that. 
if he's riding up that leaderboard uh, and he's in the mix, <laughs> just trying to do it now on purpose to see what your eyes do. Uh, if he's in the mix, I feel like this crowd would rally around Minwoolie and have a lot of fun with it. And I think he would oh. eat it up and play into it. And so, like, that's someone that I'm looking forward to watching this weekend. I hope he's in the mix because I think he's going to bring a, a level of personality to the field that uh, we're already going to get, but he's just going to enhance it. One million percent. They, they would go crazy for a Min Woo coming down the, you know, coming down the uh, the stretch there. Uh, all right, three, two, and one. We're gonna do this live one shot. That's what they call me back in Hollywood. One shot Copeland. Uh, number three, Adam Scott. I think that uh, when mm -hmm. he popped in my model in number four, and again, this is kind of a gut play, even though because Adam Scott is, I, I think he's kind of in that Justin Rose category of, you know, former top of the game and they still have one, maybe two more big wins left in them. Uh, although I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if Adam Scott won at Augusta again. Sahith Bigala, he's second in my model, you know, and, and again, he is one of those all around ball striking guys uh, when he's got it. And when he doesn't, he can, he can get himself out of trouble, although he can get himself really into trouble, but can, let's yeah. see what he, let's see. He played well earlier this year in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And so see if he can refine that form. And then number one, the, I think he's going to go for the three P his putting has been absolute shit. But Scotty Scheffler, yep. his one here without being able to putt. And so if all of a sudden that putter clicks, he's still first in ball striking, first tee to green, and 31st around the green. So if the putter shows any kind of signs of life, look out for Scotty to, to win in what some would call a watered-down waste management, but I still think it's one of the finest fields in golf. Uh, I agree. And if you missed that, Scotty Scheffler is our first uh repeat on our two lists so scotty scheffler makes both lists so lock that up if you're betting him or if you're putting him in your lineup scotty scheffler feels like a must play from the divots and pivots crew here as well as this next guy my Ooh. number three is also the other repeat on our two lists and that's benny on because i also have him in my list uh number three once again he's someone who uh, is just playing well right now another guy who focuses on ball striking and hitting those those mid-range iron shots and wedges so Give me Benny on. Uh, I also like Justin Thomas to show up a bit this week. Justin Thomas, um, I think he feels like, like he that. he made these comments earlier, and this isn't my main reason, but this he made these comments earlier today in an interview. I think it was around four o'clock or so. It came out of him speaking out against Liv, and he seems like to me the type of guy who's going to go out there and try to back up his words. Not that he necessarily said anything that is talking about his own game, but. He, I, I feel like he's this type of guy who, if he's going to say something, he's going to go out there and prove to why people should listen to him kind of thing. Does that make sense? No, it does. And we talk about how champions need to find that edge, that chip on their shoulder. You know, we yeah. might think it's ridiculous and it's like, well, of course they're going to be playing as hard as they can. But, you know, even Tom Brady or you're going to you're going to hear even, you know, some Chiefs players be like, people didn't think we were going to be here, man. You know, it's because, yeah, in the well, because, yeah, in the middle of the season, they like lost three out of four at one point, and everybody thought, like, yeah. oh, are they going to. But then everyone nobody, looked at the rest of the AFC yeah. and went, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why we roll our eyes when the Kansas City Chiefs go, nobody thought we were going to be here. And it's like, oh, yeah, actually, we all did. But this is the yeah. same thing with like JT. You're right. I, th I agree that I think that, uh, the, the, him, Jordan Spieth, maybe the quote unquote, the loyalists, if you want to call them that. They will, they will use whatever they, they will use whatever at their disposal men, mentally to kind of yeah. give themselves an edge or get himself motivated. So I like that. I like that call. And not for nothing. He did finish T six last week, this past week at Pebble beach. And he also finished T third at the American express. So he's, he's he seems to have found yeah. it again. He, he's, he's on yeah. a good run right now. And then uh, last but not least, my number one here, you mentioned him earlier, but did not have him on your list, but Hideki Matsuyama, uh, 
the the air, if this makes sense, the air just feels right for him right now. It feels like he turned a corner to coming back to like really put his injuries behind him and, and hit a nice little stride here. Um, and this just feels like the type of course that he's going to excel at. So give me Hideki Matsuyama, who um, recently has finished as a T29 here uh, last year and in 2022 T8. Uh, so I love that about him on the course history here. And then as well as recently, he did finish T71 this past week at Pebble Beach, so that wasn't great, but T13, T30, uh, and a 58 before that. So uh, I like Matsuyama this week. And I, I think he's going to be a little bit uh, undervalued in the betting world and in the, the likes of DraftKings and Underdog. So you should be able to get him at good value. I like that too. And that's why when I was looking at the the history of the tournament and seeing that he had a, he had a back-to-back run in the mid-teens and it really did, that was a little bit of regret there going, ah, damn, like he really would have been a good, a good play because when he's healthy, he's there. And, you, you know, yeah. I was skeptical the last couple of years, which rightly so. It's kind of like when Jason Day started to show signs of that in, show signs of that injury, you get a little, yeah. you know, a little, little kind of burnt when you when you've played them once or twice and then all of a sudden they're they're withdrawing and you know justin from your other league is texting you at 6 45 in the morning being like hey man if you want to get another player in go ahead and then i gotta scramble and think of somebody and then they don't win anyway but uh shout out justin <laughs> from the other league uh, uh he he lent his hand at some uh some help that i looked for and then i'll get back to him on that justin from the other league one of the the, the fine fellows who joined us on instagram tonight Probably, probably. So did you see in, in live golf news, so there's our emergency nine folks. If you need help, it's yeah. an emergency reach for those nine players. Look for them on the social medias. We'll be posting them there uh, shortly after the show Li- news from live golf and kind of a, uh, okay, I can see this smash golf club, which I guess is uh, Brooks is the call. <laughs> of course he is smash. Yeah. Uh, right. Smash <laughs> golf club. Want to talk about party boy. <laughs> What a fucking bro. Uh, and I mean that in a good way. Spot around. But Smash Golf Club has announced their uh, their new kind of community impact program. And that's one of the big things I said early on is the PGA Tour. People yeah. forget it is it is a nonprofit. And people go, okay. And you're like, no, they partner with local that's organizations. Right. Every every stop they go to is, is its own kind of independent contractor that puts on the show. And they've got their philanthropies. So uh, I guess this is out of West Palm Beach, Florida, because we know the kids in West Palm are really struggling. Following, I'm I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That was that was real <laughs> snotty of me. But it Yikes. says, following a pilot year in 23, Smash Golf Club today officially announced the launch of its community impact program, Smash for Success, hmm. designed to empower young people right, through golf. <laughs> designed to empower young people through golf. The initiative is headlined by two new flagship pillars, the smash for success scholarship and mentor of the year award. So, okay. you know, they, they, they're, they're putting their money where their mouth is, especially Brooksy down there. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not, it's nothing new. Almost all these guys have nonprofits or foundations, you know, it's, it's for some of them, it's a tax thing for some of them. It's a calling kind of like Tim Tebow. He played football, but he had a lot of philanthropic endeavors, including his work over in the, uh, the Pacific, but we're not getting into that. So I thought this was good. This hit my inbox, uh, which was a nice kind of change from the live communications when we saw they yeah. misspelled John Rom's name, then they tagged the wrong John Rom, which we all make mistakes. But I just find it still yeah. to close out. The, we, we open the show kind of shitting on live a little bit. I'm going to close it shitting on live a little bit because I still find it as splashy yeah. and flashy and expensive as it is. I still find it a little inaccessible and detached. Uh, yeah. I think they they did like they did make a change this year where all of a sudden 
you know, it used to be only like the top two scores counted on Saturday and then the top three on Sunday. Well, now all four scores count. I kind of like that. I could dig that. And I say, why not take it a step further? If you really want to get this team aspect going, make, make the stakes even higher, make all four scores count all three days because you're only playing 54 holes. So, you know, start, start making tweaking these changes. And uh, I do think that eventually they'll get their official world golf ranking points, mostly because when they first applied right after launching live, they have made several changes since that when they got rejected, when that first application finally get, went through the process and got rejected, Liv had already in, you know, put in place some of the changes that the official World Golf Ranking folks were like, we'd like to see these things. Well, yeah. we've done that. We've got relegation. We've got kind of a qualifier system. We do have partnerships with other tours that have co-sanctioned co-sanctioned or at least said you know we'll recognize your people and they can come play so they they've they've done it i think the 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 foundation is there i just simply don't see it overtaking the pga tour because especially with this new equity model uh that they're rolling out it's going to be a much more long term i think live will continue to pick off some of these ripe cherries like Tyrrell Hatton was, or, you know, you get, you, you know, every three or four years, we throw half a million, half a billion dollars at whoever the top dog is at the moment, like they did John Rom. but I just don't see yeah. it sucking enough of that top talent all at once to really drain the PGA tour of the quality product. They still got to figure out some of this TV shit that it's getting a little stale and boring, but yeah. overall the product is better. The tradition better. And as they say in the sec, it just means more. It does just mean more, and the depth of the PGA will always be better. Uh, but look, that you know what? Let's, I'm I'm cool with ending on shitting on live because uh, it just feels natural for us at this point, and, and I'm all right with that. Uh, so let's end it there. We will see you next week. Uh, like I said, we are now still all the same folks from the Fantasy Sports Corporation. We just changed the name, so we did not change the network. But we just changed the name that Sports Podcast Network here on YouTube, and then if you're watching us on Rumble, this is that damn Sports Podcast Network. I've already changed. The, I did. I, I was on top of changing the overlay. So thank you to the invert, uh, intern. Uh, we got that figured out. The new intro will be coming up in the next week or two to reflect that change as well. We love you guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. Enjoy the party this weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Wait, wait. Oh, wait. the Super Bowl. I, as I Jesus. said, it, I was like, oh, we got three minutes. Bury, to talk Super Bowl. bury in the lead. <laughs> First of all, before we before we plug ourselves, which I don't ever mind plugging myself. Yes, um, yes. are you, are, are you allowed to make a pick right now? Or are you guys doing that on, uh, on the pregame show? No, I can make a pick now. Cause I can't make the actual live show on, on during, from nine to 12 on Sunday. Uh, uh, so, um, but you, but you are, you are in the grill and chill se- uh, segment with myself and, Chef Ryan Duffy and shout out to Rook for his mule and his water. Who do you got? Uh, who's going to win and why? Uh, so you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna take the road of uh, of of Chef Brian Duffy, who you'll see, like you said, on the Grill and Chill segment. And I'm just gonna pick my team because I am annoyed with both teams that are in the Super Bowl. So go Pats. Uh, no, do, who do I think is gonna who do I think is gonna win? Um, I truly think the 49ers will win this game. Uh, I just think they're more overall better team than the Chiefs are. Uh, sure. The Chiefs have Mahomes, and sometimes you can't beat just the top guy in the field. Uh, we saw that as Patriots fans for many years with Tom Brady. I get it. Um, but this feels like a lose-lose as a Patriots fan because either Mahomes gets one closer to Brady and we have to keep hearing the argument, which we'll hear anyways, which I'm fine with. He deserves the argument, but he ain't there yet. Or the 49ers tie us for most Super Bowl wins by a franchise. Uh, so as a Patriots fan, this Super Bowl sucks. <laughs> 
It just does. Now, I'll give so you, go 49ers because I, uh, I like the history of it. I'm saying go Niners. I grew up as a 49ers fan. I am a born-again New Englander who kind of grew up in a Michigan house. So I, I, I rode Tom Brady's co- coattails to New England as a fan. But I did yes. grow up as kind of like following Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and that crew. Perfect. So I think run CMC has a day. And, yes, the 49ers tie the franchise record. Go Niners. Uh, but in the end, who gives a shit? The waste management is on, and I think that's one hell of a party worth tuning into. It's one hell of a pregame. That's what we'll be. I hope you guys all enjoy it, and we will see you next Tuesday, 8 o'clock, same place, same time. We love you, and stay classy.